Welcome to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Lord, speak to us today. I've been uh, torn between two, two different scriptures today. Uh, and not sure where we're going to go even at this very moment. So, y'all just bear with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love everybody that's on Facebook today. My God, you're all watching today. Hallelujah. I mean, every, we've got a lot of attention this week. We've got a lot of growth in our social media this week, and they are showing up today. Hallelujah. Wow. We're glad you're there. But I, 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 my prayer is today is that we can bring a message of hope, a message, a message of inspiration to you, and that God would speak to our hearts and our minds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, have your way in this place. I, I'm torn between two places. One, that God's been speaking to me about limits. How many have ever just felt like we're, we're held down by, we're limited sometimes by money, we're limited sometimes by our health, we're limited sometimes by who we know, we're limited sometimes by, by, by circumstance, by our education, all those things. God's been just showing me all this week consistently there is no limit. Even about a year ago, I preached a message, uh, something about how we serve a limitless God. And I remember the word, and so I, I don't, I don't want to go and re-preach that. But God's been speaking to me specifically that there are no limits, no limits with him. I hope you believe that there are no limits with God. That's why it says, with God, all things are possible. I said, with God, all things are possible. Yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All things are possible. All things are possible. Sometimes we can look at our circumstances or look at our church or look at what's not happening and we get consumed by what is not. But we need to remember that God is a God that is a God of no limits. He, he won't be limited by anything. He can't be limited by, by, by money or time or your health. Hallelujah. No, nothing that you and I are, seem to be limited by is, is he limited by. Hallelujah. That's been stirring in me all week. God just showed me over and over again. Had a meeting with a pastor in town and just reminded me there's no limits. There's no limits. Hallelujah. In every conversation, there's no limits. Hallelujah. And then God was speaking to me out of the book of Genesis, reminding me that he's a God that makes house calls. He's a God that makes house calls. Hallelujah. So can we just pray and ask God for direction? Because I still in this very moment don't know where to go. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you right now for all the things that you've done, for all the things that you are doing, for the ways in which you are working and moving. But Father, I pray that now you would speak. And the Lord, only your words would be spoken. And the Lord, you would give clear direction. Holy Spirit, that you would continue to fill and flow through this room. Fill my mouth, God, on what to share with your people today. Speak to me and through me. That, Lord, you would awaken our ears and our spirits, Lord, to receive what you desire today. What you, what you want to speak. How you want to accomplish. How you want to minister to your people today. Lord, we need you. 
And God, now more than ever, we need a word that would, would, would bless us and that God would, would, would help us and that Lord would inspire us. So, Father, today I pray that you would just speak even now, bring clarity in this place. Lord, allow your anointing to be released. It is your anointing, according to your word, that says that it will destroy the yoke. So, Lord, everything but try to strangulate or discourage us, Father, I pray that you would just release your anointing over it even right now. Bless and minister and move throughout this place, online right now, in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you. God, we thank you. Lord, we'll give you praise and we'll give you all the glory and the honor for it. God, as you speak to our hearts and our minds today, in the mighty, powerful, wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we give you thanks and praise. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can, just turn to the book of Genesis. Hallelujah. The book of Genesis, go back to chapter 39. Hallelujah. He makes house calls. I said he makes house calls. How many of you know that there are many times in this life that the decisions we make determine where we end up? What I decide to do today determines what happens tomorrow in my life. Some of us are reaping the benefit. How many of you know that some of us aren't, don't have the success in life because the decisions we made 10 years ago? Oh, I know we want to blame mom and dad, but really? Or it was because we married the wrong person? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or because we put ourselves in the midst of wrong friends. Hardy, you better be careful, buddy. Oh, how, you're going to be coming home with me. If you all missed that, he said amen, and he's sitting beside his wife. Not a good move. Hallelujah. We reap, the, we, 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 we reap a harvest from what decisions we make. You've heard me say, I, I've quoted it, something I share in, in some similar form, or even on social media often, the decisions I make today will determine my tomorrow. That's why you and I can never make a, a bad decision in a broke-down moment. When you were in the heat of anger, when you and I are in, the, in, in a depressed moment, when your emotions are all over the places, I, I know all of you have more consistent emotions than me, but I can be up, down, depressed, and angry all in one simple day. Oh, hallelujah. And I know when I'm like that and my emotions are fluctuating like that, never make a decision about a big thing. Don't go buy a car. Don't go buy a house. Don't, don't propose to someone. Don't call for a divorce. Don't make a promise that you're not absolutely sure you can keep. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. How many have ever done that? You make a promise to your kids because you're in a good mood, and then something turns you into a bad mood, and now you're like, oh, I promised them I was going to do that. Because you made a moment in a temporary circumstance that you never should have made. You and I need to have to make decisions when we are. That's why the Bible calls us to be steadfast and immovable. Steadfast and immovable. We're, 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 whatever happens in life, you've heard me preach about our emotions and our anxiety. What I'm telling you at this moment isn't anything new. You've heard me share it in some form before. That we have to be steadfast and immovable. That, that if, if something happens, I don't have to explode in anger, but I don't also have to deep dive into a deep depression. God wants me to be able to stay consistent. Oh, no matter what circumstance I'm in, that, that, I, that, that my response can be predictable. Sometimes, uh, we were talking just before church, sometimes we can be moody. Some, all of us know moody people. Some of y'all in here are moody. 
Oh, somebody raised their hand. Hallelujah. Yeah. Listen, it's not another pill I need to get, take care of my mood. Or, or you don't need another mood pill. What you and I need to do is, as I, I've been sharing the scripture a lot. I just shared it with a partner that emailed us that we're going to pray about before we leave here today. He has been a partner of this church for, since when we, when we first launched on TV. He started watching. And so uh, he reached out this week, and I shared Third John with him again. I shared it, I think, with you, Cynthia, recently, and many of you, that he desires above all else that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul does prosper. Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's what your soul is. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. He desires above all else that you prosper Prosper, have abundance in life, in all things. More than money, more than a cute house and a white picket fence and a little dog too. You, that you prosper, that you prosper in your marriage, in your relationships. You prosper in your family, you prosper in the job, you prosper in your worship. Are you hearing me? He says, I desire above all else that you prosper and be in good health. Come on, somebody receive that word and be in good health. He says, even as your soul does prosper. What I found out about that scripture is before we can receive prosperity into our life or into our health, he needs your soul to prosper. Your mind, your will. Because see, you can't receive. See, now my message might take a turn. You can't receive. You can't receive prosperity into your life or in your health if your mind can't perceive that. I feel like I'm about to teach. Are you hearing me? See, so many times people, when we say the word prosperity in church, what, what, what's happened is prosperity gets a bad name because a lot of TV folk made prosperity into money. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That is not what I'm talking about. Do I believe God wants you to be blessed? Yes. But I'm not asking you to give to the church so I can buy a brand new jet. What I'm saying to you is God wants you and I to be blessed. Yes, God wants you and I to live in abundance, but he wants you to be blessed and have abundance in every aspect of your life. God doesn't want you to be blessed in your marriage, but then defeated on your job. Or, or your marriage to be broken, and, and yet you're making all the money you can possibly make. God wants you and I to be, to be steadfast and immovable. So he wants to release blessing and abundance to you. So he says in 3 John chapter 2, he says, he says in 3 John, he says, I desire above all that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions does prosper. So he said, in order for me to get abundance of prosperity to you, I want your mind, your will, and your emotions to prosper. Oh, in other words, so I can be level, so I can be, my emotions can be predictable so that I don't go from zero to 60 and under 30. You know, anybody else ever get mad? I mean, you're mad in your car and you floor it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just me and Rick. Okay. I don't know why it doesn't accomplish anything for, for a second. It lets me release an outburst of, of anger and emotion, but it doesn't really solve anything. He says that above all that you desire, that even as your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions does prosper so that you and I can be in a position to receive. What happens when we are all over the place is I'm not in a position to receive something that is, that is, that is, that is heavenly, that is eternal, I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't put me in a position to receive from him if I'm not looking like him, if I'm not acting like him. 
How, how many times did, in the midst of heated arguments did Jesus just give some basic response or not respond at all? You and I need to be in a position to receive the things of God. Have the mentality and the mind and the emotions to receive the things of God. What am I saying? Is don't allow your emotions to get the best of you. Your emotions are just a temporary feeling. Temporary. What God wants you and I to be able to do is tap into what his word said. His word that is, it will remain forever. His word that says, the Bible says his word will not return to him void. So when God says, when anything that he says in this word to you and I, it will accomplish what he said it will do. You and I have to believe this over what you sense. You have to believe this beyond what the balance in your checkbook. You have to believe this beyond the, what your body is telling you right now. Are, are you hearing me? This will always stand in contradiction to what you see in the natural. This Bible tells me something I see completely different than what's in my checking account, Harley. Or it'll tell me completely something different that, that I'm feeling in my body some days or what I think about people some days. But he says, he desires above all that I prosper and be in good health, even as my soul does prosper. All of, it will manifest in my life when I can create the ability for it to show up in my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions. Because he said, it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. That's what the Bible says. It is with the mind. So you and I got to keep our mind right. Oh, stop letting your mind go all over the place. Stop allowing your mind to defeat you. What if? What if this happens? Uh, what, if, what if so-and-so does this? What if they say that? What am I going to do? What, you know, all of this, worrying all, about all of the what-ifs in life. No, you, it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. You and I need to get our mind right. I said we got to get our mind right. Amen. Yes, get our mind right. The enemy is attacking our mind. Hallelujah. I, I, let, me, let me get going. Genesis chapter 39, I said. Hallelujah. He makes house calls. I'm going to show you. Genesis chapter 39. Let's look at verse 20. I'm just going to read three verses. Hallelujah. I'll never get through this. It's okay. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. We, we preached on him being in prison before. A place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. Uh-oh, but look at verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. What did it say? But the Lord was with Joseph. So I just said, Joseph was imprisoned in a prison where the prisoners were confined. But the Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph. That's why I said earlier, he makes house calls. Are you hearing me? When everything's going wrong, he makes house calls. Hallelujah. Ramona, you're with me today. Praise God. Hallelujah. So his master puts him in prison and God said, if you're, in other words, God's saying, if you're going to jail, I'm going to. Or if you're going to the emergency room, I'm going with you, right? If, if, if you're in trouble, I'm coming to be in trouble there with you. Are you hearing me? That, that's, we serve a God who makes house calls. Look, and, and it goes on, but the Lord was with Joseph 
And the Lord showed him mercy. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Woo. So not only did God go make a house call, God shows him mercy. And then God gives him favor. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Look at this. And verse 22, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were, with, who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Ah, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. That's where we're going to go today because the Lord makes house calls. Hallelujah. The Lord makes house calls. And whatever, look at that last verse again. Whatever, I want you to get this in your spirit. The Lord is going to be asking a lot of you and I. I said a couple of, just a couple of months ago, I, I wanted you to look around because we're, what, you, what you see now, it won't look the same in 12 months from then. And so remember that, and that, that has already begun. But I, so I want you to pay attention to the, what it says in the end, that, that the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was up under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. There are some things that, that you are, are going to be working on that the Lord is going to make prosper. There are things that you have tried to make prosper, but the Lord is going to make them prosper now. Even, even in trouble, even in jail like, like Joseph, but he's going to make them prosper. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for making house calls. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What, what I'm learning, what, what, uh, let me begin with this text. <coughs> One of the things this text points out to me is that you and I have to learn how to be a people <clears throat> and how to really flourish even under fire. Even when things aren't right. How I many you know, when, a lot of times when things are bad in life, it'll cause you and I to stall out. One of the things some of us know, there are people that have worshiped with us, but then trouble struck their life and they gave up. Oh, they'll casually watch online or they'll send a prayer need when they need it. When, when they're really desperate, they want me to move. But I'm not one of those, you can't move me based on your need. I'll move based on what God needs. Are you hearing me? To, uh, I'm not trying to sound hard, but the truth of the matter is, is, is I'm not one of those that you will move me based on your need. I will be moved based on God's need. Oh, see, some of you in here, you try to manipulate people to get them to move based on your need. And, and see, that's where you go wrong. That's why you don't get the results you need. Instead, if you would give it to God and say, Lord, help me to not be a manipulator. Oh, I'm coming right for you today. Lord, help me in my manipulating spirit that is of the devil. Let every man say amen. Hallelujah. Lord, if you would help me with my, my manipulating spirit, God, so that I can be moved based on your need and not my need. See, sometimes we need to be set free from what our need is, what we think our need is. Oh, you don't love me well enough. Oh, you're not nice enough to me. Oh, you don't do this. Get over. It is not about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he would love me differently, if he loved you differently, you'd move the marker. 
Because that's how we are as people. You, what you need to be do is that you and I have to learn how to be loved by Almighty God and understand what it is to receive the Almighty love of God. If you can receive that kind of love from God, then it doesn't matter if they are nice enough to you or not, if, they, if they're short and snippy, if they don't hug you enough, if they don't give you enough smooches. Oh, I'm coming for somebody. I don't know who you are, but I'm coming for you. I sense it by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. What you need is a greater, deeper relationship with, with, with God, Almighty God. If you can learn to receive His love like that, you don't need someone to love you a specific way. The reason you need someone to love you and you put parameters on the kind and type of love and the kind of person you need, it's because you have not received the overwhelming, abounding, incapable of understanding love of God. Oh, yeah, and let everybody give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. We, we, we look at our society. We can look at our city. What is right happening in our city is we, we have stopped loving. We only love people based on what they do for us. Why, instead of loving people because of who they are. Oh, yes. See, we stop loving people when they, when they wrong us so much. But the Bible says, remember, you need to forgive. Again and again and again and again. Oh, Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. You got to be careful. He says, I need you to, what, what the text reminds us is you and I have to learn to flourish under fire, meaning when things are going wrong, that I'm still going to grow, I'm still going to learn, that I'm going to flourish. I'm not going to let what's happening to me or around me dictate and determine how far and how much I'm going to get out of this. That's what happened with Joseph. Joseph did not allow his present condition and where he was located. He did not allow the prison walls and being confined in prison to keep him from flourishing or keep him from doing what God has called him to do. Oh, see, you and I have got to learn to still live even in the midst of trouble. We got to learn how to live and still have joy even in the midst of fighting with our spouse. You and I should be able to have joy, smile in the face. Let them lose their mind and scream and yell at you. Just smile. The joy of the Lord, it is my strength. Nothing will irritate a devil more when, when they're looking at you and they're angry and you just start smiling. Anybody else ever tried that before? Uh, see, uh, amen, Glory is being honest with me today. Instead of you, how many have ever watched someone lose their mind and then you lose your mind? Did you accomplish anything? No. But if you will just, the joy of the Lord be your strength. If you will start allowing yourself to flourish in the midst of fire and choose that I'm going to let what's happening around me move me forward instead of taking me backwards. Hallelujah. You will flourish in the midst of fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because so many times, here's what we do. We wait for the, the things to calm down in life. I've had people tell me, oh, preacher, when life calms down, I'm going to get back to church. Then you ain't never coming. You ain't never coming. I, when, when, when work slows down, when family, when ball season's over with, all this stuff, just, just I, I don't hold my breath waiting because I'd have died a long time ago. Are you hearing me? That, that, that you and I need to understand that you and I can't wait for things to get clear or, or things to calm down in this life to think that we're finally going to move towards our dreams and our destiny. What you and I have to realize is everyone in this room, we have a destiny. Every one of them in this room has have dreams, and you've got to be sure that you and I are working towards what God has for us, even in the midst of trouble. Hallelujah. 
even in the midst of trouble, because what I've learned more and more is even when I'm in trouble, when things are going wrong, it means I'm getting closer to what God has in store for us. Hallelujah. I've learned that dreams, dreams are always fertilized by stinky places and stinky things. Yeah, I said dreams are fertilized by stinky places and stinky things. So whenever something's going wrong, it stinks. Your dream is being fertilized. But if, if you're just sitting there, you know, watching TV while everything's going wrong, then you're not working to work. Then you will be where you are right now in 10 years. You and I have got to do something to advance what God has called us to do. Stop waiting for everything to get right and be right for God to, 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 to take you further and to go where you need to go. Hallelujah. Because if we try to avoid stinky places and avoid dealing with what's wrong in our life, hallelujah, what you are avoiding is the next move of God in your life. I've preached many times how God will use chaos and God moves in the midst of chaos to bring order. God always does. Listen, so if you are trying to avoid problems or you are trying to avoid chaos, what you are doing is you are avoiding the next move of God in your life. We had this meeting this past Tuesday here at the church because I saw a lot of chaos in our city and throughout our county, trouble and violence and drugs and all kinds of issues and things going wrong. And yet when you see, a lot of people would see that and say, oh, you know, this, this county's going to hell. Wrong. We are in the right moment for, for God to move. When everything starts spinning and looking out of control, that's when God is moving. That's when God is ready to do something extraordinary. Are you hearing? God will take things when they're spinning out of control. And he said, I'll bring things into order. It's you and I that need to have an ear to hear and to understand what God is trying to do. So you need to be able to discern a God moment. Hallelujah. And if you just sit there and fold your arms and think, oh, I need a vacation or oh, I need a rest or I just need to lay at the pool. You need to what you really need to do is say, God, what is it you want to do in this moment? I see the chaos. I see the busyness all around me. I don't want to miss you moving in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What I've learned about what I want God to do in my life, I've learned I have to be specific. When I pray, I'm very specific about what I want. I don't generalize anything. Same thing if I need something in the office or I'm, we were prepping for this past Tuesday. I was very specific. Here's what I need. Here's what I want to accomplish, right? you got to be specific. When I pray, I tell him what I want. Because the Bible says he will give you the desires of your heart. So tell him what you want. Right, we used to sing the song, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Call him up, call him up, tell him what you want. Right, we, I, I, I know that's not the cute new songs that we sing, but the truth of the matter is, is you tell him what you want because he's a God that will give you the desires of your heart. Too many times we're just too general in our walk with God. We'll say things like, oh, Lord, would you, would you help me? Uh, 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 Lord, would you help me? I, I, I just want my health to get better. Well, what's wrong with your health? Right? Get specific. God, I need you to do this in my life according to your word. You said in your word, you desire above all that I prosper and be in good health. So, Father, I thank you that my health is coming in alignment, meaning my, 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 my sugar is going to drop and be to a number that it is supposed to be. I thank you that it's not going to be over 200 anymore. But, God, I thank you it's going to be under 120. That's what I do when I pray to God. Uh, Lord, I thank you that, yes, Lord, you're going to help me lose weight. How much weight? Lord, I'm going to lose 70 pounds. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You need to get specific because otherwise you, what you do is you create a space for yourself to fail and not feel bad. Oh, that landed like a ton of bricks. 
I said, what you do when you don't get specific is you create a safe place for you to fail and not feel real bad about it. Oh, I didn't live up to my end of the bargain, right? Because, see, oftentimes when we're praying and we're asking something of God, we forget that we hold a responsibility in that. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, uh, what am I saying? You need to be specific. And the reason we need to be specific when we pray is because we tie what we're asking for, what we're believing for, to something that we can measure. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I'm believing that you're going to provide a house or a car. I'm believing for a spouse, whatever it may be that you're believing for. You need to be very specific so you can tie it to something that that you have the ability to measure. Tie your dream. Tie whatever it is that you you are believing for. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, teach me to number my days, O God, that I might know how how frail I am. In other words, the Bible says, Lord, teach me how to appreciate every day. It'll cause you and I to start looking at life a little bit differently, being a little bit more optimistic, allowing us to measure life and beginning to see God move in some of the small ways. Because sometimes we'll just pray, Lord, I need healing, and you're not getting specific enough. And so you forget how to measure that God, well, there, there was improvement there. Or, you know, there was financial increase. Or, you know what, I just recognized so-and-so did come in my life. And you start looking at them a little bit different. They've been here all the time. Hallelujah. And maybe they're the one that God sent you to not have to be lonely anymore. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? He says, teach me to number my days, O God, that I may know how, to, how frail I am. Lord, teach me how to appreciate every day. Hallelujah. Teach me, Lord, how to appreciate every day. Glory, 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 glory. Whew. Hallelujah. My good Lord. We're going to get to this text. Anybody else in here ever have trouble saying no? Mm-hmm. See, I, what I've learned, what, what, what's interesting, and God was speaking to me through this text, is there is there are times where you and I need to be able to say no. We can't say yes to everything. Because there are, there are good and there's great things in life. And it's hard for you and I to be able to d- distinguish in life between good and great. All right? In other words, you, you and I might... You and I might uh, want to see see uh, something happen that's good, but what God wants is to see something happen that is great. All right. So there, there's a difference. So and what am I saying? Just because something is a just cause d- doesn't mean it's my cause. Just because there are some things that that are a part of uh, that are good in this life doesn't mean I have to be a part of everything. The same thing's true about church. Yeah, I know we, we do a lot of things, and sometimes it feels like we're burning. We run through people, and we're, many of us carry many hats. But sometimes, just because it's a just cause, doesn't mean it's my cause. Amen. See, in other words, God needs sometimes for you and I to learn to say no, because I've learned there isn't enough for me to go around for all that needs done. And so I, I have to be able to know and sense by the Spirit of God what things it is I'm supposed to be a part of. Hallelujah. Because if I, if I volunteer for everything, then I'm still really good for, I can't be good for everything if I'm volunteering for everything, right? There are some things God's called some of us to be a part of. And so what we end up doing, we spread ourselves so thin that, I, that we're not really being effective or good at anything. In this hour, see, this is what's important, what I see about Joseph, is even though Joseph was in prison, he knew specifically what he was called and the reason he was there. He understood God was with him. 
you and I need to recognize that God is with us and what he is with you for, what he is there to accomplish. All right. And that sometimes that means that you and I need to practice saying no. No, I can't be there for you. No, I can't go there for you. No, I don't have money to give you. Are you here? No, I can't help you with that. No, I won't make you your favorite dinner. Right? No in this life. Because it, I, I recognize there's not enough of me to go around. Hallelujah. It, it'll help you and I to stay focused and be disciplined and all of those things. Hallelujah. We can, we can really be something if we'll stop trying to be something for everyone. In other words, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Joseph, the Bible says in our text, was thrown into the pit. And he was left to die. The Bible says that Midianites found him and helped him out, sold him to Potiphar. He prospered in his house. He ran Potiphar's house. And the good thing about it is that he didn't have ownership of the house, but he prospered it anyways. He had some exposure. Hallelujah. He prospered it anyway. He prospered in something that he didn't own even himself. And then one day, all kinds of things started happening, and Potiphar's wife lied on him, and sometimes people will lie on you and I. Oh, yes. And the Bible says he lost his job, but he ends up in jail. I'm, I'm fast-forwarding and summarizing a lot to get you and I where we're going to go. Bible helps us understand he did everything right and he still lost his job. Sometimes you and I will do everything right and sometimes things still seem to go wrong. You, you can be upright and be a right person and yet sometimes things will still go wrong in your life. So he, he did everything right but he still lost his job and he got thrown in the king's prison. See, Joseph was dedicated to a good thing and now he's lost that good thing, all right? See, you and I need to, need to recognize sometimes we'll lose a good thing in this life and we'll think that, that, that it's over or that we missed it or that God's, God changed his mind. But, but what really happens in our life when, 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 we, when we lose a good thing? More specifically, what happens to your character when you lose your good thing? What happened? How do you respond and how do you react when you lose something that was going so good in your life? Anybody, ever, anybody else ever have a good thing? Just suddenly leave. Or a good thing. We'll have a good job and suddenly we lose a good job. We have a good relationship with somebody and suddenly they leave. Right? We have something good happening and suddenly it goes all crazy and haywire. But let me, let me ask you that again. What happens to your character when you lose your good thing? Were you just a good person because of the good thing? Or were you only dedicated to the, to the job because of the paycheck? Oh, hallelujah. Let me put it another way you might understand. Are you, only a, are, are you only a good wife when he's a good man? Or are you only a good man when she's a good wife? Mm. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying right now? I'm going to ask it again. Are you only... Are you only a good wife when he's a good man, or are you only a good man when he's a when she's a good wife? Let let me let me let me help you understand. Because if you are only good when they are good, you know what you just did? You just changed your character to match your condition. Oh hallelujah, I'm coming for you. I said earlier, that's coming for you. I, I'm preaching right where we are. Do you know how many times we'll be in a fight and you say, well, I only did that because you. What, you, what you're saying is, is I'm only reacting this way because you didn't do what I expected of you. So now I'm starting to act all trifling <laughs> and crazy because of the way you acted. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory, Lord. See, y'all aren't going to praise the Lord for his word today. See, uh, what, am I, what am I saying to you? Look how Joseph reacted when he gets thrown in prison. Joseph didn't allow his condition to change the manner of the man that he was. Do you know how many times you allow your conditions and what's going on around your life change you? Sometimes you don't know what version of me you might get. Hallelujah. We, we, I can pick up the phone and call anybody in my contact list, and there's some of them, and I see them come up on my, I'm just like, oh, Jesus. Because you don't know which one of them you're going to get what's wrong in their life today. God wants you and I to be a people, like Joseph was an example of, that even though he was in prison, he was living out what he, who he knew he was to be and what God had called him to be. God wants you and I to be able to be more like him, more steadfast, more consistent, hallelujah, where I, my, my, my emotions and, and, and my, 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 my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions won't be all over the place based on how you are, that you can be nasty to me, but you're still going to get the regular old me. That does not make me a doormat. That makes me being Christ-like. Being Christ-like doesn't mean that I won't stand up to you and tell you about yourself, are you hearing me? But what it is, is I'm going to at least be consistent that I, I'm going to prosper. My soul's going to prosper. My mind, my will, and my emotions. In other words, I'm not going to let you or the devil that is moving you move me off my mark. I hope I'm making sense to somebody today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the next time someone tries to get a rise out of you, remember those words. Are you only going to be a good wife if he's a good man? Or are you only going to be a good man if she's a good wife? Don't let people push your buttons and then you try to stoop to the level which they are. You remain who God has called you to be. You remain steadfast and movable. You remain level-minded. Amen. And, and consistent and just love them and look at them and smile. Just look at them and smile. Love them anyway, even in their hot mess, even in their craziness. Anybody else ever been around people that are just crazy? I mean, crazy. They, they just get, they get psycho sometimes, you know, in the way they fight and the things they say. Just smile at them. Just, just do not allow them to move you. Don't allow them to make you into that person who's only going to be good if they are good. God can't bless that kind of thing. God needs you to be steadfast and immovable. God needs to, you, you need to maintain and be a person that God says, I can release abundance on them. 
Are you hearing me? And I, so God's going to be able to look at you and say, I can release abundance on you. So I'm not going to be a good man only if she's a good wife. And I'm not going to be a good wife only if he's a good man. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to remember that. Instead, I'm going to be the kind of person that God looks at and says, I can bless and I can work with that. The reason we're not seeing advancement and movement in our life is because we're not being something that God can bless. Oh, I'm not walking in prosperity because he can't bless me and my trifling, nasty self. Oh, hallelujah. God can't bless a mess. Oh, yeah. And there's some people that they're, they're just messy. I was talking about that with, with, with somebody this week. We were talking about just messy people. People, how, so-called Christians who are messy on social media. Mm. Mm. You messy. You, you can come to church all you want. He ain't going to bless you. You're messy. You're messy. I mean, you are all over the place. You aren't consistent. You're not, you're not in a position for him to bless. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you don't know what messy is. I'm sorry. I don't have time to bring you up to date on what messy is. But, but yeah, thank you. Ramona knows what it is. Hallelujah. Uh, be, be, being the kind of man or woman that says, I'm only going to be good when he's good to me. I'm only going to be good when she's good to me. That's messy. That's messy. God can't work with that. God says, no, no, no. I need you to be more consistent. In other words, you and I pray to God because he is consistent. He don't change. We know where he stands on things. And so we'll go to him and we can ask things of him. The reason I can go to God is because I know he's consistent. I know where he stands. He said above all that he desires and that I prosper and be in good health. So I go to him and say, Lord, prosper me. Lord, I need, I need health. Lord, I need wealth. God, I need peace in my mind, will, and emotions, whatever that is because of what his word says about it. I should be able to go to people that God has put in my life in the kingdom of God because they too are consistent and not messy. Oh, yes. Somebody hearing what I'm saying, shout hallelujah. Now look over at somebody and say, hey. Look, say, hey, don't be messy. Oh, come on. You can do, say, hey, don't be messy. Mmm. Mmm. Don't be messy. Oh, Lord. Don't be messy. Don't be messy. I'm not going to change my character to match my condition. Uh-uh. I'm not going to change my character to match my condition. Uh, so I'm not going to stoop down into those depths and those pits anymore. I'm going to stay consistent. He desires above all that you prosper and be in good health. So I'm going to stay in a position that he can bless me. He can prosper me. Amen. That, 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 that my soul can prosper. My soul can't prosper if I'm stupid to your nasty, messy self. Are, are you hearing me? Stop, stu stop stooping down to a level that God can't bless that mess. And so you're, you don't have to go low to make yourself feel better. I promise you, if you won't stoop down to, into the depths that sometimes your spouse or your family go, you're, you're going to feel like you're going to feel the presence of God because you're not you're not low and, and down in the muck in the mire. You're going to be able to walk in freedom, walk in liberty because you, you walked above what what used to you used to drown in because you're not going to get messy. Hallelujah. You're not going to get messy. Thank you, Jesus. That's why I said don't allow a temporary situation to cause you to become bitter rather than become better. Hallelujah. It, whatever's going on right now in your life, it will pass. Don't let it dictate your emotions. 
You can be in pain, but it will pass. You can be broke, but it will pass. Hallelujah. Your car may break down, but it will pass. Are you hearing me? Things go wrong, but it will pass. Don't let it change and dictate whether you have peace or joy. My peace and my joy are tied up in he who is eternal, not in things that are temporary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Real peace and joy. You and I need to understand that about God. I just don't come here to plug in for a bit and hear a cute little sermon about where I am, that God's with me. He'll never forsake me. You and I need to, when we come to church, get more of uh, and connect to more about who he is so that I can receive who he is so that I can be steadfast and immovable in this life. Hallelujah. The Bible says that, that Joseph was in prison. Joseph was in prison, a place where he had no rights. Did you understand that? When you go to prison, you got no rights. None. He does what he's told. He eats what, he, what they tell him to eat, all those things. He's in a situation where it looks like being dedicated didn't, didn't pay off. Remember, he was a dedicated, hardworking guy. He did right on his job, but he got lied on. He's a guy that got thrown in prison, and he didn't deserve to be thrown in prison. He had every excuse to be moody. He, Joseph was one of those guys, Gloria, that he had every excuse to throw his hands in the air and say, where are you now, God? I served you right and I served you well, and you didn't come through for me. Every one of us in this room have either had or are living in a situation right now where it is not going the way that maybe his word says or what we've been taught or what we even believe as a church because it doesn't look According to the life God's promised, Joseph was one of those that could have thrown his hands in the air, looked to the heavens and screamed back at God and said, I quit. I don't want anything more to do with you. Because he was living in, in a life and circumstances that were unfair. Whew. He's now in prison and prison was absolutely positively not what he dreamed for himself. I said it was absolutely not what he dreamed for himself. How many of you in this place are dealing with something that is in your life that it is not what you dreamed for yourself? We can deal with sickness. It's not what you dreamed. We can deal with some kind of a handicap and it's not what we dreamed for ourselves. We can dream of financial limitations. It's not what I dreamed for myself. We can even look at our marriage and say, this is not what I dreamed for myself. He had no dream of a jail cell. Sometimes we'll end up in a situation that's completely contrary to what we dream. Completely opposite. Think about this. God's prince is now in prison. Completely contradicting. <laughs> the life that he had lived. Completely contradicting the word and the Almost the God that he had believed. See, you and I can be like a prince that ends up in prison. But what we learn from Joseph is how you respond to that prison determines whether you become a prince or not. I said how you respond to your prison. Let me lay it out. How you respond to what is not working in your life right now determines whether you become the prince or not. See, had Joseph responded in any other way, 
he never would have been able to get the favor that he got later to get out of prison and be used of God in the manner in which he was. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is important for you and I, whatever it is that looks like and is going on in your life right now that looks like a prison, it is how you are responding to it right now that's determining whether you're being kept in that prison or not. We have to have the right attitude, the right mindset about what's not working in our life right now. So this is the part where you and I start checking ourselves, saying, do I have the right attitude? Do I have the right mindset? Do I, do, am I looking at this? Am I still maintaining my joy, even in the, though there are areas of my life that are not working? Because see, there are, I said right at the beginning that we serve a God that makes house calls. We often think that because something's going wrong or because there's a problem here that God's not in it. And we start looking for every devil that has shown up in it. But maybe God has allowed you to stay in the midst of that prison and be in a prison like Joseph that stood in contradiction to your life. Because God's saying, I'm just waiting on you to have an attitude adjustment. I'm waiting on you to start looking at this through my eyes instead of the way you think it should be. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God's prince is in prison. There were three things that happened that helped Joseph through. I said that the first one already, the Lord was with him. The Lord made a house call. The Lord gave him, made, the Lord was his company in prison. The Lord was saying, if you're in it, I'm in it with you. That's the thing you and I cannot forget. Whatever it is that you are in right now, Whatever it is that you and I are going through right now, He is with you. The Bible says He will never leave you nor forsake you. You and I serve a God that makes house calls. Your life could have fell apart this week. You could have felt like the last few months have just about destroyed you. But you and I serve a God that makes house calls. Come on, somebody. You and I serve a God that will show up on, on the workplace. You and I serve a God that will show up in your car. You and I will serve a God who can show up and sit beside of you right where you are right now. We serve a God that makes house calls. Hallelujah. I don't have to point to the east at noon to get my God's attention. But when I'm in prison or when I'm in any kind of trouble, he comes to be in my midst because he promised he would never leave. He promised he would never forsake me. Are you here with what I'm trying to tell you today? Hallelujah. I serve a God that is not messy. Woo. I serve a God that's not moody. Aren't you glad God isn't moody like me? He will always come through and always show up when you need him. I might be busy. I might be depressed. I might be angry one day and I might not come through for you. But God is not messy like that. God will always show up. He makes house calls. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I give him praise anyway. Number two, number two in that text, it said this, and we'll, we'll get ready to close with this. He showed him mercy. He showed him mercy. Do you know how many of God's people don't know how to receive mercy? Do you know how many people we sit here when we worship God? Some of us have served God a long time and we don't know how to receive mercy. And so we end up living our life, watch this, and you are nothing but angry at yourself for all your mistakes. And so you end up resenting yourself and hurting your own self and making yourself pay the price and beating your own self up. It's not enough that people beat you up. You do it to yourself. For all the flaws and failures you've made, 
But the Bible says that, that, that while Joseph was in prison, not only did God go and be with him, but the second thing is God showed him mercy. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. In other words, I don't have to use day-old mercy. His mercies were new this morning for me. His mercies will be new again tomorrow for me. Are you hearing me? So whatever it is that, that your flaws and your failures, come on. I, I want somebody in this place to start receiving mercy. You have been beating yourself up for what you did and how you should have done things differently. Some, some of us are still reliving. Uh, come on. I know I can't be the only one that looks back over your life and think, man, if I'd have just done that different. If I could have been a different kind of man. If I could have been a different mother, I could have been a different father. If I, why, why did I let that destroy me that way? And you are causing yourself to pay the price. And yet God said in his word that his mercies are new every day. That, that not only has his grace covered you, but his mercy covers you. His mercies are new every day. His mercies today are brand new for whatever it is that's wrong with you, your flaws and your failures. He has a fresh mercy. L listen to this. God has a fresh mercy for my fresh stupid. Come on, somebody. I said, God has a fresh mercy for my fresh stupid. In other words, April, if I leave here today and I just go back to being a fresh stupid version of myself and forgetting everything that I just preached even to you today, God has a mercy for my stupid. In other words, I'm not saying you need to go live it up and do your thing. What I'm saying is, as God is saying, you don't have to make yourself pay for where you mess up. That I've got enough mercy as your heavenly father. And it's new every day. It's new every day. You need to be okay that you can't be everything for everyone and you're going to make some mistakes. You have to be okay that you're going to fail as a father and as a mother and as a church member. That I'm going to fail as a preacher. You have to be okay that we're going to fail people. We have to be okay that we're not going to be everything that we need to be all the time, all at once. But his mercies are new every day. Boy, I could spend so much time there. We'll come back to that maybe next week. Number three, the final one. God gave him favor with the warden. In other words, let me put it in another term. God will make people like you. You know what I found out this week? This church was filled on Tuesday night of people who don't like me. God made them like me. Well, some of them. Some of them, God's still working on. I'm telling you, did you hear what I said? God gave us influence and favor. Do you know we did something that had never been done in Fayette County right here? They had had other meetings, but they couldn't get everyone together. And we even gathered people, we gathered churches who don't like me. God had some preachers here who have snubbed their nose at us. God had some politicians that ideologically think differently than we do. Don't believe in what we believe in. And yet they came anyway. And God didn't just stop with the city people. He brought the state officials. And then he brought the U.S. congressmen and our United States senator's office. Are you seeing what I'm saying? 
God will give you favor with people that don't know you and that don't like you. What am I trying to tell you? That even if you're in a situation right now like Joseph and you were in a prison, God will give you favor. You need to understand right now in June, what is it, the 25th, June 25th, 2023, you are stepping into divine favor. That's what God, why God was drawing me to this text. These three points, God makes house calls. His mercies are new every day. And that you and I are stepping into divine favor are the reason I'm sharing this word with you today. In other words, the life you've been living is not the life he wants you to continue to live. You need to believe that you're walking in divine favor. And you're walking in favor because of who he is, not because of who you are. Did you hear what I just said? I'm walking in favor, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. I'm receiving his mercies new every day, not because I'm a good person, but because he's a good God. Because he's a good God. Hallelujah. Favor, 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 oh God. Favor, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. I'll stop here. Maybe we'll pick this up next week. I don't know. Do you ever look at a text and you think, I, I, I often read scripture and I'll ask, God, why? God, why'd you put him through that? Joseph, of all people up to this point, has really given you no reason to think you had to throw him in prison. We had to fast forward through the, the first part of his story, but up to this point, there was really no reason for God to throw him in prison. I mean, what? God, why would you take a faithful, good man and then let him go to prison and he didn't even do anything wrong? And the longer I stared at the text and looked at the text, then I realized that God allowed it to happen to him. And now I understand why God chose Joseph. Because God knew that he could trust him. See, when you and I are consistent, God knows he can trust you. Did you hear me? God looked at Joseph and said, I've watched him not waver in all the things he's been up against, so I know I can trust him with this. And look what happened. When he gets thrown in prison unnecessarily and lied on, he didn't look to the heavens and curse God. He understood his mercies are new every day. He recognized that God was with him in the prison. And he, and he knew that God was a God of favor. God went into this knowing he could trust him. Can God trust you with trouble? I said, can God trust you with trouble? And so the end of the story is that Joseph ends up the prince of Egypt because Joseph was consistent. Can you be consistent when everything around you is spinning out of control? See, you need to remember when things don't look like they're all that good, we serve a God 
that makes house calls. He is with you right now. He is, he is in the midst of your mess. You are not in this by yourself. You are not in this by yourself. He is in your home with you. He is in the workplace with you. He is sitting with you right now. We're going to close on that point right there. We serve a God that makes house calls. He is in the midst of you and I right now. If you are able, can you stand to your feet in this place? Hallelujah. We serve a God that makes house calls. We serve a God that makes house calls. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. His mercies are new every day. I, I, I made three points here right near the end that I just want you to have the courage to receive. One, that we serve a God that makes house calls. You are not in this by yourself. You are not alone. Two, his mercies are new every day. I need you to rest and understanding and stop making yourself pay the price and stop beating yourself up for all the things that you do wrong, all the times that you blow it. Yes, you're going to blow it, but his mercies are new every day. And you need to receive the mercies of the Lord today. And three, you need to begin to walk in his favor. You need to be walking the favor that God has given you. You need to stop being intimidated by people and things that you feel like you don't measure up to. Hey, 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 yeah, it was, I was a little nervous Tuesday night, but then it just dissipated. Because then I realized about five minutes in that God has appointed you for such a time as this. So you just sit back and rest in what he's given you. His mercies are new every day. He has given you the favor for where you are right now. So I want to pray over you today. I want to pray over you that you will recognize that God is with you right there in the midst of whatever you're facing. Two, I want you to be able to have the, the boldness and the audacity to be able to receive the mercies of God. And three, I want you to be able to walk in the favor of God in every area of your life. So Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your word. I thank you that Lord, you are God, that you are a big enough God that you make house calls. I thank you that God, you can show up at my house and Ramona's house at the same time. I thank you, the Lord, as when you, while you're at our house, God, you can be over at David and Lois's house. And God, while you're there, Lord, you can be visiting Terry up in, at her house, God. I thank you, the Lord, you can be everywhere all at once when we need you all at the same time. You are a great, big, audacious, bad God that you are. I bless you and I thank you that you are that kind of God that you make house calls for all of us all at the same time if we need you to because you are the, all that God and then some. So, Lord, I bless you and I thank you for that, God. Let me secondly thank you, Lord, for your mercies that are new every day. God, today I pray that your people would be able to receive your mercy. That God, every person under the sound of my voice that beats themselves up for the areas where they've made mistakes and flawed and failed. I pray that they would receive the very mercy of God. That Lord, you would free them from the things that haunt them. From the areas and the ways in which they sort of. hurt themselves over and over again and beating themselves down that Lord their mercies your mercies would be new every day in their life free them free them from it Lord I pray you would introduce a brand new life of freedom in the name of Jesus a brand new life of freedom and lastly God I pray that Lord you would help them to walk in favor Favor in relationships, favor in the workplace, favor in every capacity. That Lord, people that don't even like them, they'll have favor with. Just as you have done with us and will continue to do. 
God, I pray that you would bless your people this week. Bless them in their coming in and their going out. God, I pray that you would remind them of this word as they go beyond and go forth this week. Remind them, God, that you make house calls, that you are with them. And I thank you for it. And I praise you for it. Now, God, as we leave this place, would you bless tithes and offerings? Multiply to God, I thank you for a partner in Florida that sent seed this week. I thank you, Lord, for people that are sowing one. And I thank you, Lord, for people that give here. Bless them and multiply it. Bring increase into their life as they are faithful stewards. Your word says that, moreover, that you desire that a steward be found faithful. As they're faithful in their giving, God bless them in extraordinary ways. Bless the week ahead of them. I thank you that, Lord, we will see your mercies. We will see your favor. And most importantly, God, we will see you making house calls. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks and praise. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Have a blessed week, church. We love you. God bless you.